Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the fucking Millennial Meltdown Podcast. I'm here with Chad Hertz. What up, man? How's it going? <laughs> so glad I finally got this set up. Fucking haven't done a podcast in months because of quarantine. It's my first post-quarantine podcast. <laughs> so thanks for fucking being here. Went to dinner last night, got some steak together. That was a good time. I had a good time. First time you've been in Phoenix for like uh, a solid year. Yeah, we definitely just talked about podcast-related material. <laughs> yeah, like the whole time. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what we do. Yeah, man. I know uh, we have like some specific stuff we want to talk about. Well, there's just uh, there's just too what? much to uh, not talk about. I mean, uh, the state of the country, COVID-19, um it's a bit wild out there right now, so. It is wild out there right now. Let me get that fucking light off your face there. <laughs> oh. That light wasn't even the problem. It's the other one. It's fine. It'll be <laughs> fine. Too much light on your face. Uh, Yeah, dude. Fucking, there's riots going on. You're a sheriff now. Yeah, sheriff deputy. So it changes a lot <laughs> for you, for sure. Well, where I work has been largely uh, unaffected, I would say, in terms of what you're seeing across the rest of the country. Yeah, I mean, Arizona is not exactly the epicenter of. Well, you know, in Black the, the bigger, you know, urban areas. I mean, Phoenix PD, Scottsdale PD, some of those areas have been had a little bit of it, but they shut it down pretty quick. But, you know, anywhere else in Arizona, I don't think you're going to see those kinds of things. So I remember when the the whole thing first kicked off, I'd drive into work and people were still waving at me. So, yeah, (laughs) it's like southwest Arizona. People actually like us there. So, yeah, (laughs) it's a little bit different, but it's not the same vibe now. But you you log in on Facebook and you see the news and you, you know, see the video that started this whole thing. Um, And there's it's hard to watch. Because there's so much misinformation going out. Um, you want to talk about, like, okay, George Floyd. Um, when that f- video first came out, before it got blown up, you know, like that same day, like, you know, before protests and everyone across the country was freaking out, um, I watched the video because it was getting around Facebook. Yeah. And I almost couldn't believe it. And then the cop in you wants to say, well, what all happened? You know I mean? What led up to this? Because you... What we do is we fact find and we don't make a judgment decision off of a part of a clip. You know what I mean? That's part of our job is not um, assumptions aren't made off the bat. Yeah. That's just something that cops do, right? Well, what else happened? What are we missing here? You just like, that's how you think. And so when I first saw it, I was like, it's the first time I think I've seen a controversial incident with cops that I didn't even, I didn't really care what happened before that. To me, that's how bad it was. You know what I mean? It was just like there's no explanation for what happened. There's nothing. There's those cops weren't trained to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's no you like use of force where you're taught to stand on someone's back or the back of their neck for almost nine minutes. It just doesn't make sense. And I was trying to figure it out, and I just don't know if there's an answer. You know what I mean? It's just uh. And it sucks because, you know, when you, jo- you do something like the military, I've done that. You do law enforcement, I'm doing that. I've done corrections 
where you wear the same uniform as people all across the country, right? And you have to take the blame for what people did somewhere in another state, somewhere else, where it's a completely different environment. That comes with a job. And normally there's at least some sort of defense to it, right? Not saying that everything's justified. I'm saying, well, look at the bigger picture, too. There's problems probably on both sides. Um, and this is the first time I think I've ever felt like, no, not at all, unless it was like some video from like the 60s or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's – and uh, I think it's tricky, too. You have what appears to be four officers there, right, and during the incident with George Floyd. Um, two of them are supposedly rookies, first four days on the job. So you have rookie cops with senior officers who one of them actually tried to intervene. Yeah. And was shot down if you watch it, right? <coughs> yeah. So he you asked had an his, officer. Uh, senior officer to get off of his neck twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And should he be punished at the end of the day? Right? I don't know. Right. I think there should be punishment. Right. And I know one of them, one of them never touched him, and one of them like held his feet because the guy told him to. Mm-hmm. And I think both of those, one of those is the rookie you're talking about, and the other one's uh, the guy who's holding the feet. I think the guy you're talking about never even touched him, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. And so for someone who's new to start a job somewhere, right, you always think like the new guys are like, the most impressionable with the best intentions, especially yeah. becoming a cop in today's climate, right? Right. Generally, when you're new, you want to go out there and rah, rah, we want to make a difference. Like, you're the – nothing's affected you yet. You haven't been doing the job enough to to form any stereotypes or, you know, uh, be bitter towards something or from things that you've experienced. Um, you're generally, like, cleanest state of mind, Right. You're out of the academy. They teach you all of the by the book, the right way to do things, you know. And so if you go out on your first four days and this happens and you you tried, maybe you didn't try hard enough, but you obviously you have a good heart. You you tried to stop what was happening. Yeah. But there is a, a hierarchy, a rank structure. Yeah. Uh, you're new. Um, <coughs> besides grabbing him yourself, you know what I mean? I just don't know. I think there should be punishment. They should have taken more action. You know what I mean? But I think first first four days on the job, how impressionable are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. I will say, I mean, I've had I've had a new job basically every year or every two years mm-hmm. since I've turned eighteen, basically. Um, and I can say from vast amounts of experience, like the first week on a job, I mean, you're walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like trying to figure out the rights and wrongs, just the day-to-day schedule, you're adjusting to, like, just a whole new fucking environment. You're not trying to fuck things up, mm-hmm. trying to make a good impression, trying to, like, do what you're told, but, like, probably also overwhelmed at the same time. When And cops struggle when they're new, Yeah. right? So I don't know. It's, it wasn't clear in the things that I've read if they were first four days out of the academy on field training and those were field training officers, which I don't think so. I think they had done their field training from or what I first read, four days out on their own, it seems like. From what I read, one of them ha- was like nine months out of the academy mm-hmm. and did 
whatever the six months of probationary, whatever it was. Yeah, well, you you ride with a senior officer the, the yeah. entire time who trains you, basically. And then he did three months of something else, and then it was his fourth day of actual street assignment mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, patrol, basically. Yeah. yeah. It was his fourth day of, like, patrol. Yeah. So, and that's hard. I mean... Most new guys. And he was only a cop for nine months. Right. And most new guys, when they get off field training and you kind of like cut that leash, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you're on your own. Like, you got to figure it out, basically. Yeah. And a lot of them still aren't ready for it. Yeah. Because there's so much. Law enforcement's a vast job. I mean, the stuff you have to know. I mean, I've been doing this over a year um, and I still feel like I don't know anything about the job sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I call my supervisor, I call my supervisor, you know opinions on this and when people yeah. think there's so much uh, law enforcement is black and white it is complete opposite we operate in the gray 24 7 right there's no perfect way to do something you know what i mean and even with the law there's play in it it's inter- a lot of interpretation we're not lawyers you know what i mean right um so it's not always that easy it's not easy especially being new you're not going to be savvy on case law how it affects how you conduct this search or in what order you do it in and those things. You know what I mean? You're just not going to be that guy yet. Well, and when you're new, everything's brand new. Mm-hmm. You do everything for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think a lot of people would probably hear you say, like, you know, you're a year in and you're still not sure about your job. And a lot of people would be like, well, that's bullshit. You're a cop. Like, you should be sure about your job. <laughs> but I think you could say that about any job. Like, yeah. I'm currently 13 months into my my job right now mm-hmm. that I'm in. And I will honestly say, I still don't know fucking any, everything about my job. And I still talk to my boss, just like you said, mm-hmm. called basic fucking questions. I'm like, Hey man, I'm really not sure about this. Mm-hmm. And even if it's like the third time I've done it, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm still kind of uneasy about it. So it's like any job mm-hmm. takes minimum of 12 months to 24 months of like really even getting into it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so I think it's crazy to even hold cops to like that standard of like, well, the first year, like should have your shit together. Like those cops, like a lot of people have been talking shit on them. Like, even if it's their fourth day, it doesn't matter, but it's like, it does. It does matter. Well, shoot, like my supervisor, it's a brand new job. I've been doing this for I think eight or nine years, I think. And he's a Sergeant, right? Yeah. We still sit around and bounce questions off each other. He'll ask me, hey, this situation, what would you do? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I think on the spot when I have to make a decision, this is probably what I would do. Um, Because there's just, it's a job where every day is a different situation. Right. There's no routine traffic stop. There's no, every single time you deal with something is something new and different. Right. It's never the same situation. And that's challenging. It's challenging to a constant, ever-changing world to be perfect at all times. Right. And that's, a, you know, everyone, you go through the drive through at McDonald's, right? And you say, no pickles on my whatever burger. Uh, and they put pickles on it. What do you do? Fucking raging piss, dude. Yeah, no one, right? Some people might, right? <laughs> no, I'm just but, but ideally, you're like, uh, these you're fucking, fucking assholes. Annoyed. You know what I mean? You're annoyed. You're, you're annoyed. You right? But, about it. but you move on your day and you take some the fucking pickles off Karen. and you move on with your life. Some people named Karen would rage out, probably <laughs> go in, probably stomp in and be like, what the fuck? Open the 
bun up and fucking demand right. a new one. Yeah. Well, if I'm on a traffic stop and I'm writing someone a citation, right, and I write one thing wrong on there, you know what I mean? The citation gets dropped. Yeah. Uh, or they they accuse me of something. Oh, well, you're you're a liar and a piece of shit cop and this and that over a simple mistake sometimes. Yeah. So you're held to a way higher standard by the public and really just everyone, right? Like government, everyone expects this out of you. Right. No matter what level of cop you're at and how many years experience you have. Right. Um, every little tiny thing, I get chewed out. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, you know, the human aspect of law enforcement is hard. Um, and then you have the fallout, right, from an incident like this. And the other, the other part about defending law enforcement, like I said, already in this case, there is no defense, right? There's no answer for why someone would have done what they did to George Floyd. Right. And that guy, the main guy, Chauvin, is that how you say his name? Something like that. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I think they that. said that guy's got almost like 20 years on or more. And the he, lead guy. And he was an uh, MP in the military. The guy who leaned on his neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're like, come on. And in, I see stuff online and, you know, I, I try to defend law enforcement, right? As an overall idea, law enforcement, right? You try to defend that as a, right. oh, most cops are this, most cops are that. It becomes increasingly hard. I don't know what policing is like on the East Coast. Right. Or down South, you know, where, where you would argue that most racial problems are mostly occurring in the country. Right. Um, where it was the deepest for the last 300 years. You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't know what it's like. I've visited there a couple of times, never saw anything. We definitely don't know what it's like, yeah. And I've had that conversation with people just about Black Lives Matter in general. Mm. Like, I mean, we talked about it last night. Mm. Like, growing up as white people in Arizona, like, we don't know what it's like to face racial discrimination or even grow up in a mixed-race population for the most part. Like, no. I mean, we had we're a, Mexican people and white people. A Hispanic community, but even that wasn't a, but people a large percent of our... But Mexican people haven't faced 300 years of racism and, like, oppression in this country. They weren't mm. slaves. They didn't have segregated bathrooms for Mexican people and white people. Like, it's a whole different thing. So it's like... Just even relating to all of it is like so it's so difficult just at a basic level mm-hmm. of like I'm 28 and I haven't even met that many black people in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. And it's weird, too, because uh, <clears throat> we have like Facebook pages, right? Just for for cops. just like every group, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of them are training, though. So there's an organization called Street Cops that I'll talk about. Um, that actually holds legit classes and courses that you can go to to help better you as a police officer. Yeah. Um, they have a Facebook page. They post videos to it. There's now like 30,000 members. And it's based out of New Jersey, um, but it's spreading across the country because it's, it's really good stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone, you know, I, I follow that page. I keep track. And most of these guys are going to be centralized the states surrounding New Jersey because that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Uh, but now it's spread across the country, and so you get people kind of from everywhere. Um, and there's a couple pages like that, um, some drug interdiction pages because that's a specific skill set in law enforcement that not everyone has unless you learn it. Um, 
and everyone on there is motivated. You know what I mean? Everyone, we, we post videos of incidents that happen that hit YouTube and the media, and we dissect it. What went wrong? What you could have gone better? Yeah. That's all we focus on, right? Where where this should have never happened, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it's and you know most of these guys seem like stand up guys, given I don't actually know them, but everyone seems motivated to improve this profession and become better at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't see a vast amount of officers across the country, from my experience, that aren't uh trying to do things the right way aren't trying to cause problems want to be a part of the community and help things um at least from what i've seen given i i've never experienced it personally but from my experience that's what it seems like yeah um so i think the argument that uh systemic racism in policing i think it was a huge issue yeah. i think anyone who grew up at our parents age who was black can definitely talk about that yeah i mean, no doubt you know what i mean we're talking about cops rolling up on black people and beating them for no reason. You know what I mean? Like right. that, that's legit. That used to happen. Right. Um, but if you want to talk about where law enforcement was in the sixties and beyond to what it is now and the vast improvements every year, you know what I mean? Right. The different way we train, um, we have more tools, you know what I mean? We have better training, how to talk people down. Um, that's pushed heavily. Number one thing for cops on how you diffuse a situation is your mouth. Yeah. It's all about how you approach people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so, I, you know, it's hard for me, though, because I see, like, good things from a lot of cops, and then you see that video, and you're like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did it get to that point? Yeah. And then now, of course, you know, this happens every couple of years. There's a George Floyd incident. You know what I mean? And now the whole country's in turmoil, and that's a whole another aspect of is what's going on right, and is it justified? Right. Is the anger, I think, is justified. Right. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't take away from that. But is what our politicians um, and government condoning right? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, some of the stuff I've seen across the country is kind of horrifying, actually. Yeah. Um. You know, you. I don't know one cop who saw that video and was like, "Oh yeah, I don't." You know, that seems pretty pretty good to me. Right. I don't see anything wrong? Yeah. Almost. I mean, every cop who's released a video says like, you know, they outspoken. Every Absolutely police not. chiefs like that's horrific. Like we would never allow that to happen. Hmm. But it's like it's like what you're saying is like. It's like there's a lot of cops out there trying to make it better, and this one incident kind of sets it all back. Exactly. Right. We experienced the same thing in the Middle East, right? We used to have a saying, one civilian casualty can reset everything we just did for five months. Right. Just like how the riots can set back everything that the Black Lives Matter movement has been trying to do Mm. for the last five years. Yeah. Because they're trying, it's like, you can even say like, yeah, it comes back to even people like Kaepernick. It's like, for years, this has been going on. People have been protesting. People have been trying to do things. Now, Black Lives Matter kind of takes a gigantic leap forward again with the George Floyd incident. Mm -hmm. And 
all the protests, but then the riots happen and they just take away from it. Mm. So it's like even the riots take away from things like Kaepernick's statement and mm. like the conversation the NFL is having right now. And like this conversation about police work, it's like the riots literally clouded like the whole thing. Right. And now it's like people are attacking police. People are attacking Black Lives Matter because of the riots. Like basically it's well, like. Well, let's talk about initial first three days. Initial right? small subsets of things ruin the big picture. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like, okay, first three days from the incident mass protesting specifically in those areas but they ended up spreading all across the country obviously right i saw videos all over the world Shit, they were processing in australia officers getting stomped on the ground by large groups of people i saw officers getting their windows broken and tossed out of cars i saw officers getting firebombed in their cars there was an nypd precinct that got overran Mm. And they barricaded the officers inside and set the building on fire. fire. And they had to shoot their way out. Mm. Um, Seattle. (laughs) Seattle is... uh, I talked to a lot of guys. Like I said, I'm on Facebook pages with cops across the country. Uh, A guy talked about I work at the place that we gave up in Seattle. Um, And he talks about I'm one of the cops that goes out every day to try to, to better our image to do the job the right way and to be out in the community talking to the people about it. Yeah. Trying to solve problems. Right. You can do that for four straight years, community events, having people show up, uh, community talks where they show you show up and people ask questions, talk about issues they're having. Um, you can do all these things for four years as an individual cop. Right. Yeah. Truly trying to make a difference. And he straight up said, after what I just experienced, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. So basically everything that's happening is you're, you're telling every cop out there, you're a piece of shit. We have cops being followed home. Uh, we've had two cops at their house, get their cars firebombed, um, stuff written on their walls. Like I'm going to kill your family. Yeah. We weren't even in different States. It's not even the same department. You know what I mean? It's just, it's sick. Um, I, and for what, what motivation does a law enforcement officer have to go to work right now? Like in your honest opinion, other than their paycheck, not much, which is not an incentive. Trust me. Yeah. It's not not much. <laughs> your incentive is definitely not paying law enforcement because no one goes into law enforcement for pay because there isn't there. Yeah. Um, there might be two or three agencies across the country who pay decently. Right. That's honest to God truth. I mean, other than the basic need of a paycheck. Right. I mean, I'm not saying you're like right. below the poverty line. Well, in some areas, you definitely are. It depends right. on where you work. But overall, uh, I could easily leave law enforcement today and be making twice as much within six months. Yeah. That's I mean, you could go into I mean. private security. You, could, you have a lot of options. Right. Right. I think it's disturbing on a lot of levels. I mean, what's happening to police in the country right now, for sure. And it's like, it's weird that... When one group is hated on for centuries, like it, it's weird to me that it turns into hate towards another group. Like it's like meeting hate with hate. Right. You know what I mean? And I will say it's not fair to even assume that it's just black people doing that to cops. 
There's a lot of fucking evidence of, like, white supremacists causing problems. Philadelphia reported that, like, 80% of the people they uh, arrested during the riots were from out of state. Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of wh- white supremacist groups um, have been, like, kicked off of Facebook because of it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not even just, like, fair to say this is happening because of black lives matter or the people involved in black lives matter a lot of it is like the people taking advantage of the opportunities to stir controversy well black lives matter if you go on their website they call themselves a corporation really yeah you go on the website you can pull it up um and so we're talking about this isn't an uh a nonprofit where they're trying to raise money for communities and change that, you know what I mean? Uh, if they're identifying as a corporation, a nonprofit global organization. Okay. We'll go to the bottom. I'm going to look on real quick. Yeah, no worries. It's good to look at the facts. No, for sure. It does say Black Lives Matter Foundation, Inc., so it does say it's incorporated. Right, so they address it as Inc., right? Right, um, so when you click on About, it says Inc., and on the front page, it actually says it's a nonprofit. so... It's kind of contradicting itself. It's very contradictory. Yeah, so... To be fair, it could be a nonprofit in other countries, and it could be incorporated in the U.S. Right. I mean, it. it's um, not very specific, and obviously, I don't run Black Lives Matter, so I don't... Right, I don't right, know, right? right? Um, but so, I, how much money do you think Black Lives Matter has raised since they started? It's got to be, I would imagine, in the close to a billion, uh, give or take. I mean, it's got to be pretty far With up there. With this year's events, I mean, it's got to be historically. Well, this started during Obama's tenure as president. Large, right. It started, um, said it started in 2013. Right. So this has been seven years of an organization where during that seven years, there's been issues that this sparks up again, right? The topic comes back up. Right. Um, I mean, we even look at the, the officer who, who pretty much murdered this guy, Floyd. Um, he was bailed out. They raised a million dollars to bail him out for whoever is supporting that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of disgusting in itself. Arguably white supremacists. Yeah. I mean, but in order, there's that many people trying to bail that guy out. Right. raise that kind of money that fast. Right. So you got to think, in terms of Black Lives Matter, they had to have raised how much money? You know what I mean? But wh- where does it go? Um... I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like black lives matter was like a hashtag to me for someone so long. You know what I mean? It was more of a movement, but I don't know what, what is being done. You know what I mean? Like what's the productivity? Are they going to local leadership and you know, you know what I'm getting, you get what I'm getting at? Like what, what's the transparency and what's actually being conducted to better <laughs> things? Oh yeah, you're you're right. 
But I mean, that could also be like our ignorance of not like being involved in it or looking into it. Well, no, but it, I mean, can you find anything on the website that addresses that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it says right here, Black Lives Matter Network Foundation announces $6.5 million fund to support organizing work, uh, which looks like it's another foundation. Starting July 1st, 2020, affiliated chapters may apply for unrestricted grant funding of up to half a million dollars in multi-year grants. Um, but I'm not really sure what this means grassroots organizing work it's all very broad it's very broad but yeah i mean with any corporation or non-profit there's corruption within it right right like, and it's pretty normal and i mean that's arguably why i have an issue donating to most things mm -hmm. like the red cross the people who ring the fucking bells at walmart during christmas mm -hmm. like, all that shit like all that shit's corrupt fucking goodwill mm -hmm. um a lot of these fucking nonprofits, like the, uh, remember the clothes distribution drop off boxes that popped up all over the country, mm -hmm. or they're just in a parking lot where it's this big bin that's like, donate your clothes or donate your books or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it came out that all of those were scams. <laughs> yeah. That they were just like actually taking it's all that easy shit to and take advantage it. of people. Right. Especially I when just you're mean, claiming something that's for the better good. I, yeah. I'm just saying, like, of course, Black Lives Matter could have some kind of corruption with right. it. I'm not saying there is, but yeah. I mean, if you're talking about something that's tightly addressing as a corporation, it is a corporation. And I what, mean, it says what it transparency is. is there? Cause I want to see better things. Right. Right. But in order, you have to have some transparency in what's actually happening. Um, that's a lot of money to not have any clue and transparency on where it's going. Cause if we're not putting that money towards things that actually fix problems, that are existing that we're aware right. of then what are we doing you know what i mean yeah so and for me like i said for years uh it was just a a movement right blm pins uh hashtags raising awareness you know what i mean i didn't realize i had all this going on this whole time right you know what i mean um you know so i think uh so the, the country wants answers right you know what I mean? You you see a video like that. Um, if your general consensus is that law enforcement is extremely racist, um, and that's what you, you really believe, whether true or not, if that's what you believe, maybe your experience has led you to believe that way. Right. Right. Um, the issue is, well, what do you do about it? How do you fix something? Right. Right. Um, and that's a great question. It's hard for me to answer. Because I'm a cop, right? I have people tell me on Facebook, well, what have you done to try to change your sheriff's department? I'm like, well, I don't see anything that's cause for me to stand up and say we shouldn't do this. Right. Where I, where I work. Right. So if I don't see major issues, then what do I have to say where I work? I can't change what Minneapolis PD is doing. Right. I don't live in the state. I don't work around them. I don't know how they are. You right. know what I mean? And it's not an end-all, be-all, right? You can't... And put some policy into place for the entire country's law enforcement and expect it to right. work no matter yeah. where. Right. It really comes down to state by state, county by county issues. Big bingo right there, right? So right. the biggest thing I've said on Facebook in terms of all these people who complain about law enforcement don't even know who's on their city council. No. They don't know who's on their board of supervisors in the county. They don't know. They've never voted in local elections. They don't know the names of the people who are in charge in their counties and cities. Right. 
I don't know the you name of the, our sheriff right, right now. Oh, this is Trump's fault. What does Trump have to do with my sheriff's department? Right. Absolutely nothing. nothing. He had no influence on us whatsoever. Not right. with our funding, not with our training, not with any direction on how we this, do policing. I was talking to you about this last night. Like, there's officers who have been police officers through five different presidential administrations. Mm-hmm. And the last president was a black guy for eight years. Mm-hmm. And... Arguably, he didn't do anything for what changed increasing um, justice system policies or diversity among the court system. I mean, most uh, judges are white. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure everyone on the Supreme Court's white. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just I'm going to look that up. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like things like that, like. I mean, how do we how do we not start changing uh, things like that when I mean, one of my biggest issues, there's one black guy in the Supreme Court. OK, there's eight white people and one black guy. Yeah. Uh, three women, five white guys, uh, one black guy. Now, I think through the next 50 years, that's going to shift regardless. Right? right. So you talk about like improving. I always use the 60s as an example because 60s was a turning point for the country. It's where we visibly took a step in the right direction, and since then, things have progressively gotten better. We're not living in a uh, colored bathrooms and separation. Yeah. Dude, and that's what people forget, too. I mean, that was in our Segre- parents' lifetime. Segregation did not end 100 years ago. No. Just because like, slavery technically Roe versus ended. Wade was 1954 mm-hmm. or something. And Roe versus Wade is huge. Oh no, Roe versus Wade was 1973. That was the oh pregnant. Oh, I'm fucking getting my shit wrong. That's the abortion one. Um, now I'm making a whole bad fucking point for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> um. <coughs> Jesus Christ, getting my fucking terms wrong. What was the fucking one in 1954? Brown versus Board of Education? No, that's not it. And this is my uh, problem as a white person here. I don't even know the fucking names of shit of when segregation ended, and I've never had to because I'm fucking white. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, we also weren't alive during that. Brown time versus either. the Board of Education. The Supreme Court outlawed segregated public schools, facilities for blacks and whites at the state level. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 superseded all state and local laws requiring segregation. Right. So the so the, the fed federal government said, I don't care about your state's rights. We're putting an end to this, basically. Yeah, but black and white kids couldn't be in the same school until 1954. Mm-hmm. And then it took another 10 years for them to fully outlaw all segregation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucking insane. Right. Like, and that was 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was not that long ago. No, our parents were alive during that, so that should put right some like perspective my dad's into sixty-three. The, well, I think it's even crazier. I always say, uh, so my grandparents, their grandparents were alive during the Civil War. People's timeline is not as big as they think it is. It's right. not as far off as you think it is. 
You know what I mean? So you look at it that way. Right. Like I knew someone in my family who their grandparents, and I think of how my relationship was with my grandparents, those people were kids, you know, arguably if they remembered or not, but were very young during that time period, even of the civil war. Right. That's crazy. Right. <laughs> like that's not that far off. You know what I mean? Um, so, and I, you know, yeah, I mean, there's people who are still alive today when Hitler was in power in Germany. Yeah. Like, that's insane to no, think don't, about. Don't get me started on forgetting history. I think uh, the Marine in me, people, our generation, they don't even know anything about World War II. Right. Nothing. They can't name a battle. They don't know the importance of it. They don't know the events that took place. I won't get started on that because it's a little off topic. But, I mean, yeah. it's sad you to know, me that we don't. I think history is so important and it's devalued at school because it's not something that kind of gets you anywhere after school. Yeah. And I get it. I think it's so important and I don't think history is even taught properly um, as it is in it. Well, it's very just washed over, mm -hmm. right? Like we gloss over highlights of history. Mm -hmm. People learn bullet points of history, right? People don't learn details. No. no one learns what actually happened. And everyone had that history teacher not really taught at least one point in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and I respect that person. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so important to know history. I do too, man. I think a lot of people need to read more. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people need to watch documentaries more. No one reads anymore. I think a lot of people need to get educated on, I mean, just in the pandemic alone. What? I mean, I've been telling people like, the economy crashing is just another corrupt fucking reason for corporations to make more money. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, and it's already come out the there's hospitals who took huge amounts of those loans from the government laid off and furloughed hundreds of workers and their CEOs got bonuses mm -hmm. with the loan money. And that's already happened. And it happened in 2008 and it's like, people don't pay attention and no one gives a shit. And it's like history just goes in a fucking cycle over and over again. No, definitely. And it's part of the problem with Black Lives Matter. It's like it's like people forget this happened in 2013. It happened again in 2016. Mm -hmm. And now again in 2020. Yeah. And it's like it's not going to stop mm -hmm. happening unless changes get made. Yeah. And unfortunately, no one votes. And I've been bitching at people about that this whole time. That's too. why I broke up. I brought up. Local local elections. Fifty percent. Who has the hand on every department? Of registered voters voted last year. Mm -hmm. And who has? Uh, and that's just registered voters. Yeah, I mean, like, which is not a very vast majority of the population. I feel it's like it's fucking embarrassing. How many yeah. people don't vote, dude? Well, everyone has a voice, but no one uses the voice in the yeah. long run, right? Um, and people don't run for office either. No, who wants to be in that climate today? No uh, one, no one who, who who should be in it, right? Because the people with common sense don't want to be anywhere near that crap, right? Uh, you know, and I think you know when you talk about fixing law enforcement, why I brought up local elections. These people want to reform and defund the police and do all these things. Um, I think they have the right intentions. I think it's misguided. Right. We're talking about people who have no idea how law enforcement works. And I think that's a fail on law enforcement in general. And I've talked about this with a lot of my coworkers. Um, there's no transparency. Right. We don't, there are departments who do like 
civil or uh, like citizens academies where you're taught what goes into our way of thinking and what keeps us safe and the reason why we do the things we do. Because mm-hmm. anyone can look at a video and to you, right, who's never done anything like the things I've done, you could be like, whoa, holy cow, that looks really bad, right? And I see a completely different side of things right? that you don't understand because I'm trained to deal with those things and what could happen. Right. And the reason why that happened, not justifying everything, I'm just saying I, I see the different side of it. Mm-hmm. And I think if we were more transparent on why we do the things we do, there might be a little bit less. You know what I mean? I think being transparent, I don't think law enforcement does it enough. Right. Um, I was talking about it to a Parker police officer on while we we're on duty. We were talking about that very issue. I don't think we're transparent enough. Yeah. People don't understand what we do. Yeah, I brought um, this up to Sam, my fiance, because um, that's a big thing that people like to bring up, right? People like cops need more training, cops need more classes. People bring up things like jujitsu or like psychological training or <laughs> emotional fucking awareness training and shit like that. <laughs> I've seen the gamut of things mm-hmm. on online since this has happened of recommendations of what police need to do, mm-hmm. but no one ever fucking recommends what people need to do. No. And I brought that up to Sam. I was like, no one brings up that people could have classes on how to talk to cops mm-hmm. or how cops talk to you mm-hmm. or what your rights are when you talk to a cop right? or what your rights aren't when you talk to a cop. No. Like, you you know, see how many times I've legally gave someone an order on a traffic stop that I'm legally allowed to make you do? Right. And they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, no, I, I definitely can. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, I know for a fact I'm, a, I'm legally allowed to do what I'm telling you to do. And then that causes a problem. Right, because they see it as, you know, they learn some crap on YouTube from Florida. I know my rights. Which every state is different in how law enforcement operates. We right. all have different sets of laws in one state. In Arizona, like for an example, on any given time for any reason, I can order on a traffic stop the driver out of the vehicle. I can do that. I'm legally allowed to. In some states, you can't do that. Not without reasonable suspicion and a reason to pull them out. Right. Um, That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like there's, there's vast differences across all states. And so someone who's from... Florida, where the, uh, you know, I'm just throwing a state out there. I don't actually know for sure, right? Because I don't work there. But for example, let's hypothetically say Florida, you can't be ordered out of a car. Right. That person knows that. They drive to Arizona. I order them out of the car. Nah, I'm not getting out of the car. I don't have to. Right. You know what I mean? See the problem there? Right. Uh, people aren't educated on things either. So they don't, right. you know what I mean? I think that's. And that's how we treat traveling to Europe or Mexico Mm -hmm. or Canada. I mean, that's something even me working in a multinational company. I mean, we've gone over to that Mm -hmm. in, I mean, even a basic training Mm -hmm. of just when you're international, you can fucking conduct yourself internationally. Right. Like be aware of the situations you're in. Don't piss people off. Mm -hmm. Don't say trigger words. Yeah. Like, I mean, the way you interact with anyone internationally is different than in America. Right. It's the same with states, state by state. Like, well, like where I work, I don't see the issues that Detroit sees, or Chicago, or Baltimore, right. or New York, or some of these areas where there's a deep sentiment towards law enforcement. 
and you also don't have the same history of corruption or, I mean. No, we haven't been around long enough. My sheriff's department formed in 1983, man. Right. Like, we're, we're not. NYPD's been around for over 100 years or right. way longer. You know what I mean? You don't have the Chicago Police Department who used to be fucking moonshine runners in the yeah. 1800s and shit. Right. <laughs> And so, you know, I don't see the issues they see, but here's what I do see, right? Because we want to talk about, like, cops do bad things, right? Wholeheartedly agree. There are cops out there doing bad things. Right. I'm not here to take away from that. Here's what I also see, and this is why people who go into law enforcement for the right reasons leave. Let's say you, you aren't living in Chicago. Let's say you're black, right? You're raised on the south side. You want to do law enforcement. I want to make a difference. I want to change the way law enforcement is viewed and change the way we do things in law enforcement, right? You have the best intentions going into it. Yeah. You start, you get out there. Homicide, right? I mean, homicides happen in Chicago. I mean, you got to be just relentless out there. You could look up. Well, it's been the deadliest it's been in a long time this last couple of weeks. There's no surprise with everything going on. Um, they've had some of the deadliest weekends over these last two weeks. Yeah. And this is probably going to be old. Because I don't think this is going to be up to date. Homicide rate in 2016 was 23.8 out of 100,000 people. So out of 100,000 people, 23 get murdered. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty big population. That's a fucking substantial amount of people. Right. You times that by 10 to a million. Out Mm -hmm. of every million people, 238 people get murdered. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a, a lot. Fuck load. Right? And so it's almost one a day. You work the south side. It's right? one almost two thirds of the year. Mm-hmm. And you work the south side, right? Where you're from. You know the problems. You grew up in it. Um The hatred is so deep there. I don't know how much community policing will work there. Cause you can right. go out of your way every day. But like I saw a video. I can't remember what basketball player it was. I think he was a professional basketball player. He did a ride along, Chicago PD. Hey, I want to, I think he played for the Bulls, but he's not from Chicago. I want to go see what you guys see. You know what I mean? I want to see what's going on. You know what I mean? Is, you know, uh, get a firsthand view, go see the public, be out there, you know, yeah. OPR, whatever. Um, so he goes on this ride along. He's with two officers who are plain clothes with vests. So they're easily identified because they're wearing a vest with a badge and it says police on it, but they're wearing plain clothes. He's wearing the exact same thing, but his vest is blank because he's not a cop, obviously. Within the first part of the shift, uh, suspect with a gun running, the cops he's with take off after him. So the guy's carrying a gun in his hand and is running, something that if you're Chicago PD, you probably deal with every week. That's the reality of the challenges that you face as law enforcement out there. Right. Um, it's it's not a once a year thing. It's a every week. You know what I mean? Um, that's how serious it is in parts of the country like that. Um, they get him into the custody, no issue. He's black. Uh, handcuff him, bringing him back to the car. And after they kind of handled the incident, he was like, wow, they did really well on that. You know what I mean? I didn't see any problems. They took a black guy into custody, no problems. And he had a gun, right? There's a woman... With two small children under the age of 10, probably close to the age of five, walking on the sidewalk. The cops who are now with him, guys in the back of the car, they're like, hey, you know who this is? You know, professional basketball player. You want to meet him? And before they can really finish that sentence, she's like, nah, get the fuck away from me. 
And we ain't fucking with no popo. Yeah. And they're like, no, you know who he is? He's not a cop. She's like, get the fuck away from me. Fuck you. Yeah. How do you fix that? How do you fix that? There's such a deep hate that you could go out there and pass roses. You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying something ridiculous, but right. you could do everything to not be a negative police officer, and it doesn't matter. Well, arguably, then you show up to a homicide. A lot of them do try to do things. I mean, they give lot. out turkeys during Thanksgiving. Like, they run food drives, mm-hmm. homeless shelters, like, community service events. Like, Well, you, you show up to a, a homicide, and there's witnesses. We're still there. They just saw it happen. Cops mm-hmm. showed up 30 seconds later. And they didn't want to talk to him. No one talked. Don't fucking talk to me. I ain't talking to you. Right. That's how it is. Yeah. How do you help that? How do you change that? I don't know. They don't want to help themselves. They're just okay with what's going on. Yeah. Part of that goes into gang culture and fear of retribution. Um, that's very big. And a lot of it is those little kids with that woman are being taught to f- freaking hate the cops. From right. the time they can listen to people talk and understand what they're saying. Right. How do you fix that? I don't know. I mean, I think it goes both ways. Like, I mean, I think that's part of the black communities in the South and stuff that we don't understand is like, yeah, they've been treated like shit mm-hmm. for a long time that like there's no way they'll ever trust someone in a uniform mm-hmm. because that was their parents' experience with cops. Mm-hmm. Like their grandpa did get pulled over and beat for no reason. Let me let me read like, you an you know email I mean? that my captain sent to everyone in my department. Yeah. I think it's important because it, to me in modern day policing, from my experience at least, this is what it feels like. Yeah. I think a lot of it's also culturally America, just how we treat police officers. Like I was talking to you about this on Facebook. Um, just like some, you know, European countries treat police officers so much different than we do. Mm. like from basics of their uniform, like bright color. So they stand out. I mean, one country has every police car has a 10 foot pole with a blue light on top of it. Mm. So you can see the police car in the distance. You know what I mean? Even if they're like parked, you can see that it's a cop. Right. Just so it's like, they are a public servant. They are there for the public. They want you to know they're there. And then in America, we have undercover police cars mm-hmm. or cops in street clothes who don't even wear uniforms doing things like no search or no knock warrants and killing, you know, which Bri- I don't agree with Brianna Taylor mm-hmm. or whatever her name was. Sorry if I'm fucking that up. No, no, I know what you're talking about. Um, but stuff like that, like I think regulations like that also need to change in the police force as a whole, like totally, why do we have cops in plain clothes doing no knock warrant searches at one in the morning or whatever? Right. Hold that thought. Why is that legal? I I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah. I think that's definitely an issue. I'd like to Um, also talk about tear gas. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot to say on that as well. Um, so this is an email from my captain. Uh, he's a second in command in my sheriff's department. Um, and this got sent out as a, not a mandatory read. He just sent this to, for perspective or uh, to send it out. Yeah. So this is how the email reads. I have a family member by the name of, I'm not going to say who works for the King County Sheriff's office. They cover all of the smaller retro metropolitan areas surrounding Seattle. They're a very big department while working this weekend. Said person was standing by at a moderately dangerous protest. 
While holding a perimeter, a female was holding a sign and chanting defund the police. She was looking directly at him with contempt, making sure he was aware of her animosity towards him. Suddenly a guy came crashing through the crowd in a vehicle and ran a few people over. He stopped his car for a moment, backed up, and proceeded to try to hurt more people. As this was happening, the female dropped her sign and with a blood-curdling scream yelled, Help us! Of course, said person and other officers on scene reacted immediately. They rammed the vehicle and took the suspect into custody, rendered first aid to the injured, and restored order for the people involved in the protest. These officers answered the call of duty immediately and without hesitation. They put themselves in harm's way to protect the lives of the people who only moments prior were calling them vile names and calling for them to step down from their jobs. As everything calmed down, the officers began to realize the significance of this moment. The very people who wanted them to be defunded were suddenly begging for their assistance. Feeling proud of his accomplishment and welling over with pride for having saved multiple lives, the said person looked over at the female, who had just been chanting and holding the sign. As they made eye contact, the female picked up the sign and began chanting, defund the police again. We can't and won't choose who we serve. If you're in this job, you're doing it because you want to be in law enforcement and you want to make a difference. Don't worry about the ungrateful people out there. We still have an overwhelming majority of who support us. Remember, we're not here to make people happy. We're here to protect and serve, and that those don't always go hand in hand. That's a pretty powerful message. Right, and that's the kind of stuff that, where I work, we talk about. Right. Because in that, no, you can't say that someone goes into law enforcement for shit pay, shit benefits, and they get shit on every day by the community without good intentions right who would do that who would in their right mind who would risk their life with all of those things for what who would want to do that you can't tell me that like the vast majority of law enforcement has systemic racism problems when that's the fact i think there's systemic problems and yeah. I think in some areas there probably is some racism problems. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. But the vast majority of law enforcement across the country is just not that way in 2020. I just don't believe it. Yeah. I can't. I just, I've never seen it. Right. Uh, I'm not saying it's not out there. Right. I just, I don't see it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I also think it's going to take people from our generation to continue that change. Mm-hmm. And I have had this conversation with people before. I genuinely think the majority of millennials and the younger generation do not have these issues. Mm -hmm. I genuinely think most of us, the vast majority of us Mm -hmm. were were not raised to hate each other. No, we weren't raised to be racist. We weren't raised to hate each other based on sexual orientation or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone in my entire friends group who is blatantly racist, Mm-mm. not a single person. No, I don't know a single person who would never befriend a gay person. I don't know a single person who would never be friends with a trans person mm-hmm. just because of that. You know what I mean? Like I don't know anyone who's blatantly racist or bigoted in mm-hmm. our age group. Right now, if we're going to talk about 80 year old people, whole different story. I've met a handful mm-hmm. of fucking racist people, especially growing up in Havasu. Right. Uh, I think uh, the older community there is definitely some some racial problems. I don't think the people waving the Confederate flag at NASCAR races are 25 years old. Mm-hmm. I think there are. 
I, think I don't think those some... 25-year-olds are ringing the same sentiment as maybe someone who's 60 and waving it there. Right. They might be because their parents have been doing it for a long time. Right. But it's, like, few and far between. Hmm. I just, I genuinely think a lot of these issues, and it sucks to say, a lot of them will go away mm-hmm. as our generations get older and become more understanding and how we raise our children to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's a lot of it, mm-hmm. of systematically changing the generational mindsets. Like mm-hmm. how you said, how do we get rid of people hating the police? Mm-hmm. Well, it starts with the next generation. Right. Because it's too late for the old people. Right. That lady. I don't think you can fix that. Right. I don't think you can. I don't think Maybe. anyone who was, who was above the age of 50 and black. Right. You're really going to fix a problems that they've experienced, especially in their younger years. Right. Growing up. I don't think you can fix that. Right. That damage is done. Well, it's, like, it's the same thing with, um, I mean, you're a veteran. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many veterans have you met who are not the same now as they were when they went in? Purely from what they experienced, PTSD, injuries, mm. whatever. I mean, it's the same thing with 30 years of racism. Mm. Like, you're not going to be the same as a 40-year-old when you've been experiencing racism since you were five years old. Mm. But if we can fucking help the next generation and ease those tensions and fix the problems now for the next... It's not... What I'm saying is it's not going to be an overnight fix. No, not something like this. Or something even in the next decade. And people always shit on me for having the opinion that, well, if you come from the 60s to look at now, I mean, it's it's night and day. Right. It's not even close. I mean, law enforcement has gotten so much better. Right. It, it's not even, you can't even look at the same officers from back then and think there's any similarity between what officers go out on the street like today. Right. But I get shit on for that. that there's still issues and I don't, you know what I mean? And part of that's just a false narrative from the media that, you know, and we can get into that as well. But I wanted to go back to, uh, you're talking about like CS gas and uh, maybe riot control techniques. The tear gas. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that specifically while mm-hmm. you're here, just because I don't know shit about it. And mm-hmm. it's been going around online a lot that like it's outlawed in the Geneva convention because it's a gas. Um, and so people are like, why do governments use tear gas or even still mass produce it? Mm-hmm. When it's outlawed in a Geneva Convention accord that we signed, I mean, 70 years ago. So I can't talk about the Geneva Convention, right? Right. I've never of read course. that. Of um, course. I don't know anything about it other than some of the things that how it affected me in the military. Um, but we never talked about CS gas in terms of Geneva Convention while I was in the military. We trained with CS gas on ourselves. I've been CS gassed 30, 40 times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've eaten a lot of it myself in training. Um, and that's in military corrections, uh, and law enforcement. I mean, I, I know you told me one story just from boot camp. That's part of boot camp training, right? right. Is you go into a gas chamber, mm-hmm. they give you a gas mask. Uh, you have to take it off, mm-hmm. breathe in the gas, put your gas mask back, back on and learn how to clear a gas mask mm-hmm. with the shit already in your system. Right. So if you got in a situation where you got tear gassed, you could put a gas mask on. And you're comfortable that if I do what I've been trained to do, it works. Right. I can clear this out. 
I can breathe healthy air. You're comfortable right. in the things they're using. So when you're getting gassed by something way nastier than CS. So even though it's not, it's outlawed in the Geneva Convention, it's something our military still trains for in boot camp. Mm-hmm. And, and further on. I mean, and we went, my third deployment, we were in Ku- based out of Kuwait. And then we went to a bunch of countries from there back and forth. But our big thing was after the whole Benghazi incident was embassy reinforcement, right? Unrest mm-hmm. in the Middle East, um, embassies getting overrun. We did a lot of riot control training and crowd control. Now, what the military does in a foreign soil uh, on an embassy is probably going to be far more severe in terms of tactics than what law enforcement is going to use. In fact, I've never seen local law enforcement do half the stuff I was trained to do in the military for riot control. Mm-hmm. It's far more serious. Uh, I don't know the population. They could easily pull out AKs and PKMs and start blasting us. Yeah. So your your level of control is going to be far more severe. Dispersing as fast as possible and as hard as possible. So the tactics are a bit different. Um, but I have been training all that. We, I've eaten a lot of CS gas in training. I've even in squad leaders course, that's how you stress people out. CS gas everyone. You know, while you're taking fire and doing this, you're throwing CS gas, you're stressing everyone out. Is to get you better at operating under stress. Um, I don't see why, I don't, again, I don't even know if it's actually banned by the Geneva Convention, but if you listen to Facebook, apparently it is. I don't know. You know right. what I mean? We can look that up, but uh, I don't see a problem with it. I've never seen someone die from it. There's never. How many uh, millions of people go through the military and no one's ever died of it? So a girl did die from it. How long um, ago? And where in at? In the protest, a couple, uh, just a week ago, mm. she had asthma. She had an asthma attack breathing in the tear gas. They took her mm-hmm. to the hospital and she died from like a respiratory failure. Okay. Well, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I mean, with right. any kind of, you, you say the thing about a, a beanbag shotgun, right? It hit someone and it killed them. Oh, for but sure. But it's a non-lethal sure. item, right? I mean, a taser has probably killed someone Hit before. someone in the temple, yeah. If you have a heart problem, someone a taser could. Someone soaking wet, hit them with uh, a taser. You know what I mean? You, you just, you know, uh, things happen. Um but I can tell you this, um, we used it in the prisons for riot control on inmates, um, and we use it in law enforcement. I've never used it in law enforcement. We don't, we don't really have riots where I work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we signed the Geneva Convention 92 years ago. So I, I think that the text of the Geneva Convention does not go into detail as far as what chemical gases are banned. I can tell you this, the military uses white phosphorus, which will burn your skin off, and we use that. That's nothing like CS. Interesting. Um, Under the protocol, the United States reserved the right to use riot control agents in cases of controlling the rioting prisoners of war, situations where civilian casualties can be avoided. The U.S. could also use it in rescue missions to recover isolated personnel and outside of combat zones to protect convoys from civil disturbances. So that's... So right there, it contradicts what everyone's saying. So that's why they're allowed to use it on uh, United Nation areas, U.S. embassies that mm-hmm. are under... Um, attack. Now, you know, I want to talk about riots, especially the things we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Um, See how easy it is to just Google shit and read and uh, fucking educate yourself? No, definitely. 
people need to do That's more That's my often. biggest problem with fucking people <laughs> online, man. Like, <laughs> I talk a lot of shit, and I post a lot of fucking stuff that I think is hilarious, and mm. I troll a lot of people, mm. but I read a lot. Mm. Like... I mean, I've hardly ever shared an article that I didn't fucking read from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, um, riot control, man. Uh, if if you're a cop, and let's just use the last two weeks, right? Right. You know what's going to happen, and you know it's going to get violent. That's a fact, right? Have there been some peaceful protests? Hell yeah, there have been. And respect, you know what I mean? Like, keep it peaceful and... In a lot of areas, cops were marching with the protesters. Because, again, don't know a cop who didn't see that video wasn't horrified. Um, right. But in those areas, there's going to be violent. And when, when you're the cop and you're strapping up for that and you know it's about to happen, um, the reality is, is it's going to get nasty. And riot control techniques are not there to be pleasant. Right. Once things turn violent, the cops don't do anything. Gen- gen- I'm not going to say that either. Um there's several ways things can go. Um, there's a curfew. Everyone's been peaceful up until then. And a lot of times it doesn't come from the police chief. Right. It comes from the mayor or someone on the city council. Nope. And the curfew that we put in effect needs to be enforced. Right. But the cops get sent to go do it. Right. And to clear a peaceful protest. And then things turn violent. A lot of times that's not even the cops' decision. Right. Right. Um, a lot of people say, I mean, I was talking to one of my friends and a lot of people say that is the issue of like, you know, it's like if it's not your decision, you can choose to go home. You could choose to not be a cop. A lot of, you know, black people are saying if you choose to be a part of a system of corrupt power, even if you're a good person, you are choosing to be on the side of the corrupt power. That's a deep sentiment think, that's almost ridiculous to me. Right. And I think a lot of people just look at it in such a black and white way mm-hmm. like that. And I get it. Like, I get the sentiment. And I get that, like, you know, decades of oppression, racial discrimination, decades of bullshit laws. And, I mean, you could look at the ra- uh, the justice system, white people getting sentences that are not the same as black people. I get it. Like, I fully understand. But when you look at it from a black and white perspective of saying every person involved is a bad person, Mm. then you're preventing anyone from helping fix the problem. Mm. And that's my biggest issue when people say stuff like that. Like, Mm. say it all you want. Get it off your chest. Mm. But when it comes to the getting to a table to, like, discuss issues and stuff, you got to let go of that fucking mindset. Mm. You can't look at every cop as a bad cop. Yeah. There's no such thing as a good cop. Because saying stuff like that, to me, is like, well, we can't even have a conversation. No, you just closed it out. Right. And saying there's no hope for anything. It's the same thing to me as saying, believe all women for the Me Too movement. It's the same thing as saying anything like that. Like, people can lie, people can cheat, people can steal, people can be corrupt. Right. But not all of them. Like, there can be fucking good people out there. Well, Take and this, in any profession. Take this in consideration. Riot control tactics. Again, if you're not law enforcement and never been trained on it, what do you know about it? Nothing. Nothing. You have no idea. And not only that, you see a video on Facebook that was cut up showing cops freaking hitting people with nothing before that for the last six hours of what's taking place. Right. You have no context, right, uh, of what has already happened and why the cops are now resorting to severe tactics to control a crowd 
Right. Um, I saw a meme on Facebook. Cops get a water bottle thrown at them and freaking act like they got shot. Or something stupid like that, right? And I'm like, oh, man, these people really have no idea what they're talking about. The water bottle turns to rocks within an hour. Right. Because one act of violence instigates a crowd. When you're in a crowd mentality, one person can change the course of something peaceful to burning cop cars and beating cops. Right. That's as, it's as easy as it takes. And when you're taught riot control, you're taught to pick the one out of the crowd that's going to be that problem. He's the instigator. He's the one who's going to turn this violent. So when you see images of cops arresting someone before it gets violent, they're picking that person out. Yeah. It's intentional. That's the person who's going to turn this violent. It's literally was studied from what the Romans did. Most riot control tactics come from the Romans because they were professionals at it. They had a distinct way of handling things that kept it relatively good. The other thing is you talk about certain techniques that like CS gas, right? Well, if you have asthma and you're at a protest and you know what happens when it turns violent, you're aware of that. This isn't some foreign thing that you've never seen on TV. Right. Right. So why are you still there? Right. You're obviously, if you you haven't left when it turns violent, you're an agitator. Like you're accepting the inherent risks of your environment at that point. And how many cops have been injured in these riots? Dozens. No one's talking about it. Over 700. Over 700 cops. A lot of cops have gotten murdered in the last two weeks. Right. So you want to go tell someone who an NYPD their precinct was overrun and they were tried to, the people tried to burn them alive in the precinct. Right. And then the next day want to show a video clip of those same officers hitting people with sticks during a protest. Right. And want to say that there it's police brutality. Come on now. Yeah. Let's get some sense here. Right. It's not that black and white. Right. It's not. Nothing's those, that those officers have emotions. They have families to go back to. And they're not going to let it get to that point again. Right. They're not. It hasn't been civil the entire time. Why wouldn't they go easier? Right. Right? It's extreme measures when extreme measures are called for. Right. Uh, And it's just not black and white like they like to post it on social media. Right. There's all these videos. This is police brutality and it's a bunch of cut-ups from riots of police beating and grabbing people and doing things uh, with no context as to what's going on in those areas. For sure. None. A metro police officer in Vegas was shot in the back of the head during a peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. Because when you're a cop and there's protests, especially after an event like this, those things are they are going to happen. Some officers are going to get killed. And when you're the cop who has to go stand that line, uh, you go be that person. Yeah. You know going on that line, someone is going to get hurt, one of your friends. Right. You just know it when you work in one of those areas where that's going to happen. You already know it. Right. You're going to tell that cop that he's doing something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like riot control is not normal policing. Right. It's not something we go out and do every day. It's for those situations. And the tactics are aggressive for a reason. Right. They don't have to be. It really depends on how the crowd is most of the time. Right. Most of the time. I have seen some stuff over the last two weeks that I did not like. But you can't sit here and, and pull some clips together and be like, wow, oh, police brutality. Look at them. They're just beating people. Right. Get out of here. <laughs> like, right. 
For every bad incident, you can pull a video of a good incident. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter what. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could show a really horrible protest Mm -hmm. and riots and police arresting 300 people. Mm -hmm. And then you could show a video of one on a bridge where the cops stood there for five hours with protesters and nothing happened. Right. And that's honestly happening. Generally in those areas, going into it, you know your area. but the, You have the general feeling this is going to be a good protest. Right. But we I was going to say the good protests are happening more often right now than the bad ones. I mean, for the amount of protests that have happened in the last mm-hmm. two weeks, the vast majority of them have been peaceful. Right. And nothing has gone on. And the, the ones issue who didn't, is all the bad incidents they knew are they blowing going up. To. Right. The, the cops in, in urban areas where it's already rough. They know it's going to get violent. Right. Where I work, there was a protest in Blythe right across the the, count, uh, the state line. Right. And we had a feeling it might come across. They were going to try to get on the interstate. Yeah. So we talked about well, we might have to stand up and go out there. And Yeah. Uh, it never ended up happening on our side of things. Yeah. Uh, we never went out there. But I, I didn't think that anything was going to come of it. Right. You know, if we got, we went out there, uh, we were probably just going to stand around for a couple hours. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I knew that. This is most likely not going to be a problem. That's where I work. Yeah. Uh, someone in Baltimore on, on doing riot control is not going to feel that way when he goes in. Right. In fact, he's probably not. Well, he's going to be on edge and he's going to be fucking scared. A the whole lot time. of these bad incidents that we're seeing online have occurred after several nights mm-hmm. of that shit. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's the first fucking night. It's all these cops that have been dealing with it for eight fucking days, and people are still lighting shit on fire and slashing tires and shit. Yeah. And there's nothing for them to do. Well, everyone's seen the video of uh, the old guy getting pushed down, right? Right. You saw that video, right? Yeah, I mean, so Trump well, let's hear your take on it. it. Just from watching the video, as a as someone, like I said, you're not law enforcement, you don't have training. Me watching the video, there's... About 30 or 40 cops marching down the street Mm -hmm. in a huge pack. And this old guy looks like he's lost (laughs) and starts walking at them. And he starts approaching the cops. And we could watch the video. But from my recollection, he reaches out and touches one of the cops. Mm Mm-hmm. And the guy pushes him back, and the guy stumbles and falls backwards. Right. That's pretty much what happened. Um, Arguably, I wouldn't say the cop did a whole lot wrong. No. I would say, did he push the guy? For sure. Did the guy deserve it? Legitimate tactic. He might have deserved it because he did touch the cop. Well, here's the side that most people don't know. But I think he fell... And that's what people are focusing on is that the guy hit his head on the ground hmm. and the the cop that did it walked away and another cop came in, but they called for a medic and the cops that came in were the medics. Hmm. So I'm like, I, the cop is walking, doing his job, hmm. an old man gets in the way and he pushed him out of the way. He didn't violently shove him out of the no, way. He didn't no. put two hands on him. No. He just went like this, and the guy stumbled and fell backwards. Right. In reality, I'd say the old guy tripped. He's old. He's frail. Whatever the case may be. He lost his balance. 
and Wait, he hit his head. Here, here's a side that most people I don't think it's a huge accident. Um, people who were on that team that day, again, I'm on Facebook pages where we were kind of connected to everything. Yeah. So videos get posted, and people who were there will we'll talk about it. That old man, because everyone's like, that innocent old man and this and that, right? Because it doesn't look like that. Yeah. Was for two straight days an agitator. Yeah. Throwing things, cursing, being a fucking pain in the ass for all the cops out there. Yeah. Um, being a part of that percentage of people who aren't peaceful. Um, they were ordered to clear that intersection. For what reason? I don't really know. There's usually a, a reason, though. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't just, well, we're going to go clear this. You know what I mean? Like, if it's peaceful and there's not a reason to generally, there's usually some reason that you've been ordered to clear that intersection. Maybe it's starting to get to the point where it's starting to build up to, you know, it's going to turn violent soon. Nope. We're not going to let it get to that point. We're going to disperse it now. Clear it out. Boom. Whatever. There's a lot of tactics. Everything is so unique to what you're doing at that time. You can't look at a video and be like, ah, because you don't even understand. You weren't there. You know what I mean? Right. So someone said, no, that guy was a legitimate agitator. Everyone was like, well, he's giving them something. No, he's not. He's disobeying commands. You see the rest of the crowd backing up? Yeah. Because they were giving multiple orders on loudspeakers. And he's the only guy walking This intersection will be cleared. If you do not, you'll be subject to arrest or non-lethal chemical munitions. We give those commands before we do things. Yeah. Those commands were given. People were well aware of if you don't do what we tell you, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. We don't just march out there and start beating people. Right. You're giving commands. Right. He approached the line. You hold a line. They have their sticks out. Right. And you're shoulder to shoulder. And anyone who don't move back, you don't even try to arrest people most of the time. You just try to push them back. Clear yeah. the intersection. He walked up. and Not only did he not follow orders, lawful orders, he walked up and grabbed an officer. Yeah. And the guy pushed him back. That's his job. That's yeah. what he's supposed to do. Right. And not only that. The same officer felt bad. He went down to go help him. Shit. I didn't mean to have him to fall and hit his head on the ground. Right. I'm trying to push him back like I would every time I'd done this. Right. And he was ordered because in police tactics for riot control is strict order. Mm. There's people that are in charge on the line behind the line. You don't break the line for things like that. You step over and then fall on medics, things like that. Take yeah. over. He went to go help him and was ordered, hold the line. Yeah. Got back in line. Called for medics. And medics came over and helped him. Yeah. There's nothing wrong there. Yeah. It doesn't look good. I'll give it that. Yeah. It does not look good. Is there an alternative way that could have gone? Sure. Is the cop wrong? No. Right. It's just not there. But that was a big one, right? And I just don't see it. Right. Uh, it's just not there. It got a little bigger because Trump felt the need to fucking tweet about it. Yeah. And call the guy like an Antifa fucking operative. And he was with all those guys, but that's ridiculous. What does Trump know about all that? You know what I mean? Right. Like the local Antifa and in then that area. You got to take that. And I know it sucks, but dude, our president's almost 80 fucking years old. Mm-hmm. I don't take any 80-year-old seriously that I meet. <laughs> Not a single goddamn one. Right. My grandpa is one of the silliest people I've ever fucking talked to. Yeah. He's 85 years old. Yeah. Nothing he says I take seriously. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, grandpa. 
Like, we gotta fucking look at the shit Trump tweets and be like, dude, that is just another old fucking guy. Like, right, right. that old guy walking up and getting shoved by the cops could have just been Trump. <laughs> like, on his day off. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me that, like, we hold everything in such a large regard that are fucking... I, I get that he's our president and it's a big deal that he's our president, but he's an old fucking man. All right, let's talk about fallout of incidents post an incident like we just had with Floyd. Yeah. Right? So fallout for weeks, every time we have this, right? Weeks afterwards, months sometimes, maybe even a whole year, every single black person who's killed by cops, whether justified or not, there's riots. Right. That's terrible. You're basically condemning officers that they can't defend their own lives. They're just doing their in, jobs. And you're a piece of shit. Right. Um, let's talk about, have you seen the Atlanta shooting? The Was this the drive through one? Yeah. Right. Have yeah. you watched it? And did you see all the different aspects on camera that they have? Did I watch it? No. No. Okay. You want to watch that? Yeah. Because this is a great one to talk about where, uh, in my opinion, is 110% justified. There's just no, I don't, you know what I mean, but... It might look bad to someone else, and I get that. And the cops already been fired. Right, and the police chief was as well. The chief, police chief resigned. Resigned, and then the officer was fired. Which is, he's probably going to win in court over the shooting, mm-hmm. and he's going to sue that department for sure. I would. I mean, this shit doesn't really make sense, honestly. Like, the the whole outrage of a lot of this stuff, like, people are like, I saw one argument that someone's like, they they could have just let him sleep it off. And, like, if he was white, they would have let well, him sleep it off. Well, you posted an article, and I wrote on it, this article is ridiculous. Right. So let's, right here, right? So we'll rewind it, like, a couple seconds. So, like, the when it first goes to the fight. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk through it. So they're trying to tase him, trying to get him into custody using non-lethal. He grabs the taser right there. Yeah. They're fighting over the taser. Now, this guy is not just some drunken, stubborn, stubborn around idiot. Right. Boom, shoots a taser at the officer. Right. So go back and watch it one more time. One officer actually gets punched in the face. So as soon as he stands up, he punches one of them in the face. Oh, they didn't show it. So they didn't show the whole thing. Before he gets up and runs with the taser. There might be a. He he punches an officer straight in the face. This is like a news article. So they like show it several times. Yeah, they're probably cutting out the part where he punches the officer in the face. Because let's be honest here, it's the media. Yep, they're not showing the part where he punched an officer in the face as well, of course. Because how dare we show him what actually happened. Right. And this is honestly part of the problem with the internet is everything is made to look the way you want it to look these days. Yeah, whatever whatever view you're pushing. So this is the whole incident. Well, so you can it's fast like the, forward. The Chaz zone. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Fox News got destroyed yesterday yeah, for yeah. photoshopping their demands? Yeah. Just like that. Like, Fox News wants to shit on it. Yeah. So they photoshopped an actual picture mm-hmm. to make it fit their narrative. And it's stuff like that that people are like, fuck the media today. Uh, this is actually the body cam footage of what happened. Right. So this is them waking him up. This is actually the f- the body, body body cam footage is already online. There's 43 minutes of it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So you can watch, apparently, this entire incident of body cam footage. 
So here, from the beginning, you can tell the officers are calm. They're talking to him. Very calm. They're dealing with it. He's sitting in his car, and they're talking to him. He's passed out of the wheel. I mean, you know what I mean. It looks like they actually talked to him while he was sitting in his car for over six minutes. Mm -hmm. The cops having a very normal conversation with him. People are driving by. Right here, he's asking him, "Hey." You know, I want to make sure you're good to drive. Mine run into some, some, some tests. tests for me, and he agrees, so he does them. They run through all the tests. Everything's calm. Uh, just exactly how cops should be, right? I don't see anything wrong in these parts. They're being professional. They're talking to him. They're going through their tests just like they should. They deem him, say, back up a little bit. They deem him, he's DUI. He's going to jail. He's under arrest for driving under the influence. Right. Which is a very dangerous thing. So up to this point in this body cam footage, they've been talking to this guy for 41 minutes. Very calmly. They started trying to handcuff him, and he immediately threw a cop to the ground. So now they're wrestling. They're wrestling. The body footage, you can't tell at all what's happening now because they're struggling. But you can tell... He had one hand behind the guy's back, putting a handcuff on him, and the guy swung his right arm forward, and the cops started struggling with him. He tries to bolt, so they tackle him, mm -hmm. and that's where the fight ensues. So that's the body cam, but the footage that's good is there's someone in the parking lot filming it, filming it, and that's where the and there's also a camera on the building that captures the turning around and trying to taser the cop as he's running. Which is what we saw on the news. Right. But it cut out the part where they, he completely punched an officer in the face as hard as he could. Go to the 29 second one. See what that one shows. It looks like it's the the building. Yeah. So that's all it shows. And you can see this part. He took the taser and is running. And he deploys the prongs. He turns around. Boom. You can see the prongs shoot out. And it, he hits, hits and that he cop hits with the, the officer. Taser. Right. Um. So he just tased a cop. Yeah, with his own tool that he stole. With the other the other cop's taser, because that cop had a taser in his hand. Right, and he was trying to tase him as he was running. Mm -hmm. Now, at any point, did you see those cops search that person? Or pat him down for weapons? Um, No, but we didn't watch the whole video. Well, it, it doesn't really matter, but it's something to think of. That guy starts fighting. You know how many times I arrest people without having searched them? A lot. I can run through those tests without searching someone. I can't search anyone unless they're under arrest or they gave me consent. And is it safer to search them after you have handcuffs on them? It's safer to search before, but not everyone's going to allow you to do that. Okay. And you know what I mean? So it's pretty standard. I smell alcohol coming from the car. So he's actually running in this video with the taser in his back. Mm-hmm. So the cop did hit him with a taser, but it didn't work. It didn't affect him. Right. Right. And they probably won't even show it, but I could probably find it. So that's the video. So there is a clear video of him struggling while they're trying to peacefully arrest him. And obviously, right there. all these news medias are completely leaving out some of the most important parts. Right. But I'll look it up right here on my phone because there's a... I mean, all anyone wants to talk about is the fact that a guy got shot. No one wants to talk about why, what he did, what the cops did right. And listen to this audio. This is a, a Tucson PD black officer 
um, who's conservative, um, but he's grown in popularity and he posted about this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a cut up from someone else's page of him talking. You can play it in the mic. I want you to see it first. Oh, I, okay. I can play it, but. Hold on. Let me get the. He's a strong fucking dude. It's pretty normal. Punches him. You see the force in that punch? That's the gist of it. Wait, the media doesn't want you to see. Right. Um, that's So we have DUI. Which is fair. You just showed me a video that, that I've been searching on YouTube for the last, I don't know, someone could timestamp this, eight minutes, and I can't find that video. Showing that. Right. Which is what actually happened. So right, right there, right, you have DUI, which is dangerous. You have that can kill people. Well, and they got called out because he was blocking a drive-thru. Passed out at the wheel. Passed out at the wheel. Mm-hmm. Which means he's pretty intoxicated. And by the time they got, they were talking to him, they had got him to move his car mm-hmm. to stop blocking the drive-thru. Right. So you have officers talking the right way to someone, conducting a, a legit investigation for, 42 for a minutes. legit reason. For 42 and minutes. And most DUIs take that long. I mean, right. they're, they're, it's a lengthy process. Right. Um, they go, hey, he's DUI. You know, we saw this on the test. Go ahead and put your hands behind your back. He takes off or tries to take off. It's usually that last minute. Nope, I ain't going to jail. I'm going to run. Goes into a fight. They go to the ground. Two officers. People think putting someone in handcuffs is hard or easy. Right. Well, you've been trained. You should know how to do that safely. Man, get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Right. Because I tell you right now, Jeremy, you and two of your biggest friends, pick two. Yeah. I don't care who they are. Yeah. I'll throw handcuffs on the ground, and I will say, put handcuffs on me. Yeah. Just using your hands. Yeah. Three of you. You will not get handcuffs on me. Right. I can guarantee it. Right. You won't. Any, yeah, we would have any to, force necessary. I can punch you. I can kick you. Right. I can do whatever. I can bite you. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. The three of you. Yeah. Whoever you can pick, freaking the rock. Yeah. I don't care who it is. Yeah. Get handcuffs on me. See how long it takes you. Yeah. No training other than like jujitsu is right. going to help with that. Right. That's the reality. Um, when <laughs> someone is that desperate and stronger than you, or drunk, or high, or whatever the reason may be. Um, that you can just sit here and be like, well, you, you're supposed to know how to do that. Right. Yeah. Here, this is a real world here. Not some mythical. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I can just overpower you with my finger and we'll throw handcuffs on. Yeah. It's just not that way. Right. So he, they're tasing him. So they're using their non-lethal form of trying to get someone to comply through force. Right. A taser is supposed to, if works properly and is effective, which Tasers are like 70% of the time not effective. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to 
hinder your body from being able to resist. Right. Each time you pull the trigger, it's five seconds of that current going through them. If it works properly, you can't really move for five seconds if it works properly. Right. That had no effect on that guy. Right. You see him trying to tase his back of his calf mm-hmm. beginning of the video when he grabs it. That's normal, right? Um, taser prongs, there's two of them. Yeah. Right? So when you shoot the taser prongs out, they spread like this. Right. The idea is to aim somewhere lower center mass. And so it spreads. So the bigger the spread in the prongs when they hit you, it's the current from prong to prong is what gives you that effect. Right. The closer the prongs are together, the less effective that current is because it's just not traveling through the body and it's not as severe. Right. So... If you, if I'm wrestling with you and tase you with the prongs and they're this close together, it's not going to be as effective. Right. It's not. Right. He's drunk. A lot of people, it doesn't affect the right way. The prongs are too close. Now, what you can do, I put prongs into your back while you're on the ground fighting me. Right. If you take the taser on the front of it, you can also, it's called a drive stun. The current comes down the front of it and you can put it on someone. Mm Mm-hmm. That right there, if you put that on the lower leg and the prongs up front, that's a big current. That's opening that current again. Yeah. So it's supposed to help if it's not working because the prongs weren't wide enough and aren't as effective. That's a legitimate what you're taught for tasers. Get it somewhere else on the extremities and build that current up. Hopefully it'll work better. That didn't work. Guy grabs the taser, takes it from him. This guy is way more physical than those guys. Yeah. And to be honest, as a cop, you should be physical. There's females out there. There's little dudes being cops. Yeah. You don't have to be freaking that was a, big uh, dude. An, a UFC fighter to be a cop. Yeah. It's not your job to do that. Right. You shouldn't have to go train for jujitsu for 20 years while you're a cop in order to do your job properly. Right. Right? Like, that's ridiculous. We're not professional fighters. Right. Should you have a background in it and know some stuff? Sure. But the reality is you're not. That's just not in the realm of something that's just going to happen. It's right. not. Um, so takes the taser, gets away from them, takes off running. Right. One officer doesn't have a taser now. One got punched in the face hard, chases him. The other guy's still trying to tase him. They're still trying non-lethal. Mm-hmm. He turns around while running and deploys prongs. Right. Towards an officer, which hits him. Right. At least one of them hit him. They shoot him. Right. Justified. Right. There's not a, there's, there's no way that's not justified. You're actually taught in the academy when someone takes that tool from you to shoot them. Yeah. Because if they're able to use that on you, you're incapacitated if it works. They could just take your you gun. You just and take kill your you. gun and blow a hole in your head. Yeah. You you don't take tools from a cop. Right. And not expect to get shot. Right. Because my life's more important than yours. Right. That's the reality of it. Right. They don't know his background. You don't go around and like run a criminal history on everyone. You don't. Right. If you don't know that person, I don't know what he's is he's been in prison for being violent? Has he been in prison for being violent and towards arguably, cops? Arguably you mean, don't know that. The same self defense stance stands for cops as a deaf citizens. Mm-hmm. And people don't get that. And I've had that argument with a a couple people now mm-hmm. of like if you threaten a cop 
and they shoot you, it's still self-defense. Mm. If you come into my house and threaten me and I kill you, it's self-defense. Mm. It's the same thing. Right. You take a cop's weapon and threaten them with it and they kill you, it's self-defense. You threaten their life. Well, here's something that, that guy threatened that cop's life by taking his taser and tasing him with and it. fighting him on top of it. What's the cop supposed to do? Right. And right. Here, here's the thing is, you know, I've I seen this on Facebook. Like, how do you shoot someone who's running away from you? I'm like, well, I don't know who he is. I don't know what he's capable of. Did you do 10 years in prison for for something heinous? Right. And is out? Maybe he's on parole. You don't want to go back. Well, what are you supposed to do? Let him run you away? You don't know. No, it's not your job to let people run away. Well, that's what I mean. They and say, how do a, you shoot someone who's running he away? Has, he's, you've tried non-lethal. It didn't work. Right. Are you supposed to approach that man or let him get away? That's what I mean. Do you think those cops after that altercation were capable of now doing a foot pursuit and then fighting him again while he has a taser? Right. You know what I mean? I work in a sheriff's department that's rural. My backup could be 40 minutes. I'm on my own. We don't have partners. We don't have a second officer. Right. I'm on my own. Right. A ways away from anyone. Right. What do I do when that happens? Do you think I'm going to re-engage that guy while he has a taser? No. What if he's faster than me? Yeah. I'm carrying a bunch of gear. Right. What am I supposed to do? What well, if? And then these people were like, well, let him get away and wait for backup and, no, and do this. There's okay, tons well, of what if situations. What if, what if he has a gun in his car? And what he if runs he has a gun his on his person and right. breaks into a house to get away and pulls people hostage because you don't want to get caught by the cops? Right. What if he has a knife in his waistband? You catch up to him and he runs past a bus stop with a little lady there and puts a knife to her neck. Get the fuck away from me. I don't kill her. Right. What if you could play that what if game all day? Right. But that's something that cops do. We play what if all day long. Right. That's all we ever think of. What if this? What if this? What if this? Because that's our job. Right. Because every situation is different. Every fight is different. Every time you encounter something is different. Yeah. So we play that game all day. That's part of our job. But these people don't understand the repercussions of letting that person go. Right. So, you know, that is a clear-cut, justified shooting. And now because of political correctness over what's happening lately in our country, over one incident, the police chief resigned weak ass leader weak leader that person should never be a police chief ever right because i don't know what cop sees that and doesn't see that's justified and for a police chief not to back his officers when something's justified because he doesn't want to deal with it could be that's not the statement that i believe she gave out though oh really it was contradicting that saying that's not justified. I'm not doing my job. Oh, properly. really? Interesting. Um, getting, not going to confirm that 100. percent But that's from my understanding is the sentiment from it. Interesting. Um, the other half is uh, that person was fired. Right. That cop was fired, which is ridiculous. Why was he fired before a proper investigation was conducted? Right. Because that's I mean cancel culture these days. Well, that's uh, there's people writing and. Even when our officers are doing the right thing, we're going to punish them. Who wants to work in that environment? Who wants to go out there and deal with these violent people? It's interesting that the police chief in Atlanta was a white woman. Isn't that interesting? Chief Shields has offered to immediately step aside as police chief so that the city may move forward with urgency in rebuilding the trust so desperately needed throughout our community. Well, maybe the community doesn't need a white woman as their fucking police chief. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a whole other 
debatable subject, but I mean, um, the police chief is nominated by the city council. Right. So look up city council. How many of them are people of color? It's Atlanta. Isn't it weird that the first article goes to COVID-19? <laughs> Not surprised. Isn't that fucking weird, man? How hard? God, it's so hard to find all these people. It's insane how hard it is to find information, dude. Just scroll through the pictures. There you go. There's one black lady. So we have two white, two black, three black, four black, white, 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 white. There's black. four black women, five black women, six black women on the Atlanta City Council, one black man, there two black a, men. There was a black man at the beginning, too. There's. Um, no, it was a black woman. Regardless, so it's about 50-50 at least. There's two black men, six black women, and the rest are white women or white dudes. Right. Which, arguably in Atlanta, makes up probably the population. It's about a good percentage black, a good percentage white. Mm-hmm. This was uh, also in 2017, so it might not be totally accurate. Right. My point is, um, those people will put that person in charge. Right. Uh, that's how PDs work. So... Um, it's not like the sheriff who's elected. Those are appointed positions. So, see, and that's very interesting, dude. Like, I didn't know that until you told me that. Mm-hmm. So, like, sheriffs are the only elected are appointed by law the city council. Sheriffs are elected. Mm-hmm. Arguably, we need to move that into r- police departments nationwide. Well, what, what you're seeing is mass corruption because this extremely. Uh, you know, just for an example, because it goes both ways, but a liberal city council puts a, a dog and pony person a very as liberal the police, police chief. chief. Right. Who in turn makes that department insufferable to work for. Well, it also makes it very corrupt in the sense of community policing. Mm-hmm. It also gives city council members like more power in the community of mm-hmm. well you can't arrest me or i'm not going to elect uh, you as police chief again here's something about 90% of these council members probably didn't grow up in those rough neighborhoods probably don't actually know what the actual problems are and yet they're going to tell law enforcement and elect a position right. of a police chief and then tell law enforcement how they should and shouldn't do something. Right. There's problems there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I harp on it. Go back to the, these people want to call for reform, but don't even know who their elected leaders are locally, who actually fund the police departments and sheriff's departments. Right. They don't know. They don't know anything about that. And it's, it's, you know, yeah, scream reform all day, but you, you do nothing for it. Right. You don't you don't even care. You're just angry and right. yelling stuff and attacking cops or whatever, destroying shit, whatever you're right. stealing shit. Um you're doing nothing to actually fix the problem. You're a part of the problem. Right. Um I hate saying that cuz that's like a Facebook thing like well, you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem if you have this view. But if you're if you're not doing those things, I don't see how you're doing anything. 
Right. So, I don't know. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I just get frustrated. People are... Rightfully so, man. Ignorant. I think a lot of people... I think I think this podcast will probably help. Uh, definitely going to post it that I was talking to a sheriff. <laughs> um, I have a handful, at least three potentially four black comedians in Phoenix uh, that want to come on here. Mm. Uh, I've had three of them on already. Mm. Um, and I plan on like continuing this conversation. Mm. Uh, I hope people listen to this. I think this is a good spot to wrap up here. <laughs> yeah. And I do want to um, point out too. Um, it's just something to hit on that that could be a, an immediate fix for problems in law enforcement. The problem is in these very liberal areas where you see all these issues. That's what it sounds like, right? All these urban areas are liberal ran. Yeah. And you scream racism when everyone in charge is black. The city council is black. Police chief's black. 50% of the police department's black. And you scream racism constantly. Right. Um, and it always seems to be those areas that have those problems or feel like there's those problems from what we see on this side of the United States. Right. right? Um, defund the police. You really don't know what you're talking about. Right. Uh, I work for a rural county sheriff's department, and we already don't have funding. Right. Um, you want to fix law enforcement? We need more funding and more officers, not to put more on the street per se, but we don't we don't train enough. We do our mandatory training events, but that's in addition to our eighty four hours. Uh, half of which, when I, we work for a small town department, I work sixteen hour shifts every once in a while. Yeah, I work over because I got slammed, and I'm the only one working this area. Right. Um, I don't know how many paychecks I've had one hundred twenty hours for two weeks or more. I work my ass off. Yeah. How, and then I do dive rescue, go train for that. I do the SRT team, you know, like our, our SWAT team, basically. I do that. We train for that. We have call-outs. We do this. I do dive call-outs. I work nonstop. Right. It almost feels like I never leave work. And we're short-staffed. It's hard to hire good people. Right. It's hard to keep good people for shit pay and shit benefits. It's hard. We don't have proper vehicles. Our vehicles break down constantly. We don't. If we had more officers and more funding, we could keep the same amount of people on the street and be fine. But we can cycle people for one week out of the month. All you do is train. Right. We can facilitate that. And you can't just blindly throw money at police departments. Right. Because that's wrong, too. Because they won't be spent the right way, most likely. I'll be the first one to admit that. Right. Not spent wrong, just not where you want it to go. Right. Um, that's lacking. You can't just throw money at a police department, but taking money away is going to create a much more vast problem. I You're going to see way worse things. I agree. It's going to go so, so bad over the next 20 years if that's the goal. I agree. So just want to throw that out there. Um, there's a lot of things that you can prove on, and taking money away is not necessarily what should happen. I agree with that. And the vast statement isn't every department is the same. Because LAPD and NYPD might have great funding, but not every department's like that. So you scream and defund the police. It's not accurate even to the vast majority of departments out there. 
right. who are understaffed, underpaid, underfunded already. Right. And they deal with shit and they make it work. Right. And I think financial oversight, I mean, committees or whatever, I mean, I think that is something you could argue in almost every branch of the government in public works in general. I mm. mean, oversight of where funding is going mm. is as long as it's everywhere. balanced. Right. Because if you take a liberal city council and put them in charge of funding for, sure. for a police department, I guarantee you it will not be appropriated correctly. For sure. As well as the far right. For sure. Or as well as just letting the police chief or sheriff decide. For um, sure. There has to be balance in everything. For sure. You can't just have all people with one mentality dictating something. I agree with that, too. So it's not perfect, but uh, you know, just some points to throw out of ways that you can improve things. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. I think the a serious issue here is people are not presenting options of improvement. Mm. People just are bitching about the problem endlessly. Mm. And no one's actually coming up with solutions. And mm. that's my biggest issue with the whole defund the police. And that's what I've even said to people. I'm just like, a blanket statement. Come up with something that you'd rather the money go to and it, fucking write it out. Well, they address research, that. Research where the money's going and where you would rather have the money go. And don't just say stupid shit like, instead of police, give it to education. Because that, like you just said, could be corrupt in itself too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we just allocated it to education. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just a one-step solution to the problem. No. Like, it's a multi-step, multi-year, multi-decade generational fucking fix here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll end on this. Uh, law enforcement is largely in the right direction. Largely. Yeah. But I fear that that will deteriorate with the things that people are calling for. That's fair. And that's scary to me. Yeah. Um, the current climate to be a law enforcement officer in this country i don't know if i'm gonna do 25 years and retire right i just don't and i love my job um i go out there to make a difference i don't care what color you are right i want to make good or felony arrests i think you're not out there writing tickets i think every you should day. run for public office <laughs> i'd vote for you yeah oh uh, i don't know if i want to die again like i said uh most people who could, would probably be good at it don't want to do it um i agree so yeah, I think um uh you know, like I said on any note, departments are in the right direction across the country. Absolutely. I don't care what city or what problems there used to be. They they've been moving in that direction for quite some time. Yeah. And it's not overnight. You're not gonna magically see tomorrow some vast difference. But more and more people who get into it have the right intentions and they're making a difference. And, you know, like I said, I go out every day. To make a difference in someone's life. I'll talk to people for two hours on the street. Yeah. Instead of pulling people over or doing this. Because I want someone to have that, who may not have had a positive interaction with a law enforcement officer, to have that. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've arrested someone and they've thanked me. Not because I'm arresting them. You know, people have been like, thanks for treating me like a human being. Yeah. Because other cops haven't. Where I come from, the cops aren't like that. I always say, well, I can't speak for all law enforcement, but that's how I interact with people, and that's how the vast majority of my department interacts. Yeah. We don't, we're very relaxed until you give us a reason not to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get that a lot. People say that. Thanks for, for treating me this way and not treating me like a piece of shit. I'm like, well, that's not my job. Right. 
My job is to fact find and take you to the person who punishes you. And I'm sure you thank them back for not acting like a piece of shit. No, of course. Right. You know, thank you for being cooperative with me and, and making this a lot easier. I know it's not easy to be in your shoes. And then a lot of people are like, well, you're a cop. What do you know about being in these shoes? And I'm like, well, I've been arrested before. Right. And trust me, I've done a lot of dumb stuff in my life. Right. Um, I've been in jail. I was arrested for a DUI. I'm not perfect. It was a long time ago. Right. Way before I ever even thought about being a cop. For sure. Um, you know, but I've been in jail and I hated it. It was uncomfortable. It was one of the worst days of my life. Um, and it affected me for years. Um, and I know what that feels like. So even when I worked in the jail before I went to patrol, I took that to heart. Every person comes to that door, whether they're being a dick or not. Some of them aren't bad people. In fact, a lot of them aren't. Right. They're not hardcore criminals every time coming through that door. DUI, I always call the the common person's crime. A doctor can get a DUI. Uh, right. The president could get a DUI. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in a real world. You know what I mean? Like, right. no one's immune to DUIs. Not everyone sells dope and smokes meth. Right. But everyone drinks and at some point is drunk and drive. I'm sorry, but the vast majority of people who drink alcohol. That's what they do. Right. At some point in their life. Right. You know, so I treat everyone accordingly. Uh, you can come in after murdering someone. I'm not going to talk down to you because it's not my job. Right. And no matter what I feel inside, um, it's not my job to do that. I'm a professional. So I just leave it at that. You know, the vast majority of people I work around are like that as well. Yeah. So, and we weed out people. <laughs> I don't know how many people have quit or been fired since I started. Yeah. We don't tolerate that stuff. We don't tolerate misbehavior or anything like that. I think that's important for people to hear, especially now. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and I won't go into some of them are active investigations right now, but there are yeah. people in my department who aren't at work. It's interesting, and they and I were think that's involved good for in a high threat going and going to shooting if they don't handle it. I think it it's good for people to know that like there are things occurring that they don't see, that mm-hmm. they don't understand in police work, mm-hmm. and I think. Um, yeah, I think all of this is really good info, and it's a lot of, that I didn't know, mm. for sure. Yeah. We we recently fired a guy. Um, people claimed he was racist. He wasn't. He's just a dick. Yeah. No matter what color you were, he kind of was a dick. Yeah. And I like the guy, personally. Yeah. Maybe law enforcement wasn't for him. Yeah. He's fired. Um, well, we don't have to go into your... No, I just... You know, people need to know, like, we we... Uh, we handle stuff. Right. At least where I work. I can't speak for everywhere. Right. Um, but it's a small department. It might be easier to do that there. For sure. So I guess we can leave it at that. But Yeah, man. I think this is a solid spot to wrap up. Fucking mm-hmm. thanks for being here. No, appreciate having me. Uh, anyone who enjoys our Facebook debates, uh, Chad's one of my best friends in the whole fucking world. So uh, <laughs> don't take it too seriously. No. I definitely don't. Uh, (laughs) some people do (laughs) Uh, yeah my mom sure enjoys them Uh, thanks for being here thanks for listening anyone out there follow like subscribe Instagram YouTube Spotify iTunes all the good shit Um, anything you want to say before we go no think of valid solutions don't make a bigger problem that's that's why I want to leave it at it's fair alright thanks man yeah let's go eat some fucking dinner (laughs) alright Peace, everybody.